brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right, we're talking about after the breakup. You know, as long as the concept of love has been around, so has the concept of heartbreak. And a breakup brings a whole bunch of emotions, the rawest of them being grief. And, uh, you know, the word grief may be strongly associated with death, but it is also significant part of a breakup. And, and a breakup signifies loss and a loss of companionship and expectations about the future. All that is gone. And, and the heartbreak syndrome that, that, that states that grief after a breakup is akin to grief associated with death. And a breakup can mimic feelings of bereavement, such as intense sadness, intrusive thoughts. You know, drawing on these similarities, it wouldn't be too far-fetched to apply the stages of grief to a breakup. So what are the five stages of grief? Well, the first is denial, and that stage of grief allows you to process the sad suddenness of the situation and, and acts as a, a comforting buffer. However, it's very short-lived. And as anger is the second stage, it replaces denial. And anger in its context could be directed towards oneself, the partner, even towards the situation that led to the breakup. And, and as, as satirical as it may sound, anger helps. It feels good when you do that. And any, anger can attain a sense of empowerment, realization, and help again, and uh, a loss of self-esteem. And also bargaining is the third stage, and it's most heavily documented in pop culture. Bargaining could be best explained by the infamous urge to, to text your ex, can we make this work? Bargaining attempts to hold on to the last string of hope at reconciliation when the bargaining is not fruitful for the greater good, or dare we say, the fourth stage comes, and that is depression. And depression uh, is is sometimes short-lived, but it is necessary to move on. It is very important to keep a, 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 a keen eye on that somber state because when you're in that state, a lot of things happen. A person's self-esteem goes way down. Their sense of hopelessness goes way down. Their sense of wanting co to connect to other people goes way down. Their productivity goes down. And so that is a stage that you have to be very, very, very careful with. And when dealt with in a, in a healthy manner, that allows for self-compassion, the depression will give way to the final stage, which is actually acceptance. And acceptance does not imply a sudden freedom from pain or nostalgia of the past. But but it it also means that uh, uh, that it's that it implies acknowledgement of the situation and making peace with the situation as it is, and that begins the process of healing. You know, a breakup. Uh, can be initiated by either partner or is sometimes a difficult yet mutual decision. But regardless of who initiates it, a breakup surprisingly impacts us on a deeper level than we would assume or even be cognizant of. 
And so we have to understand that losing a relationship may not always be a sudden decision. Sometimes a relationship could fizzle out gradually over a period of time, regardless of how the relationship ends, the emotional, the psychological uh, effects remain more or less the same. You still go through grieving. The uh, the emotional after effects of a breakup come in mind first. Emotionally and psychologically, a breakup can range from pain and sorrow to disbelief and relief. And, and contrary to what our current culture might portray, there's no scheduled pattern to these emotions. So coping with these emotions varies based on the person. Some may allow for space for self-compassion. Some may displace feelings of pain onto other people. Some suppress their emotions. Some may use the negative feelings associated with the breakup and turn them into productive behaviors. And so, you know, resentment and gratitude are two polar opposite dimensions uh, and but they are interconnected and so we have to understand that uh, resentment causes enormous pain in people's lives and resentment usually comes from the idea of having expectations that are not met and once we attach an expectation to somebody we have to understand that there is a vulnerability and a possibility that that expectation may not last and so what we also and or be met then we also have to operate off of gratitude. You know, gratitude is a wonderful thing. It's a very attractive thing because when people are grateful, that means that other people in their lives are, are rewarded with being acknowledged and understood. And that is a great thing to have, especially in a relationship. Oftentimes people forget to meet that need and they take each other for granted, which results in a breakup. You know, a partner may feel resentment and abandonment immediately after the breakup, but with time, the resentment may turn into gratitude towards the former partner for making a tough decision that actually allowed space for growth and, in the, and ending a toxic situation. And that's a good thing. How one experiences the psychological impact of a breakup could boil down to the initiator of the breakup. There's a lot of research out there that shows that the partner initiating the breakup usually associates the breakup with positive outcomes, such as a sense of relief, reduced anxiety, and hope. However, negative emotions such as guilt, regret, loneliness, feel responsible for abandoning their partners are often reported. On the other hand, the jilted partner experiences feelings of shock, hopelessness, depression, and oftentimes it just blows their self-esteem completely apart. And there's a lot of studies out there that show a breakup can also have immediate lasting effects on your physical health. Number one, lack of sleep, loss of appetite, restlessness being most commonly reported, and more scientific path would leave us down the, the rabbit hole of neurotransmitters. The termination of a relationship can affect how your neurotransmitters and hormones respond. A lack of serotonin could lead to insomnia, less energy, loss of appetite, an increase of stress hormones leads to feelings of anxiety, impact on your immune system and blood pressure, and are hidden effects of the breakup along with the loss of energy. This can turn into a medical situation simply because your body responds to what your mind is absorbing. And what your mind is going through, your body's also taking the toll. So we have to be really careful in this pocket of time during a breakup to make sure that we take care of ourselves, that we do a great job getting our body back into shape, getting our brain back into shape. 
you know, it, there's a, also a study on the evolutionary perspective of breakups. It shows that the initiator faces social rejection and blame from peers for terminating the relationship, especially if their significant other was well-liked within the social circle. And the effect of a romantic split can have on, uh, on your social life is enormous. It's arguably an area that is often overlooked, but some most common struggles socially an individual faces after a breakup include diminished work productivity, a loss of interest in social activities, a loss of friends. A loss of people in your life, um, a reduced motivation, and and they don't even want to leave their home many times. And so, you know, while the focus, you know, has to be on health, that's the big deal. It's get out there, get back out into your life. That is important. Leave your expectations behind. It's a process. Life is a process. Just because the relationship ends doesn't mean your life ends. It actually opens the door to new opportunities and new events to happen in your life that are good. And an unexpected and unwanted breakup can also cause considerable psychological distress. You may feel as if you've been kicked in the stomach or blindsided or knocked down. And so these feelings of rejection and self-doubt are, are very common, as is the feeling of being stuck and unable to let go, even when one wants to. So friends and family may push you to get over it and move on. Yet brain research suggests that it can be very difficult to do, at least in the first few months. So there's also research on relationship breakups on unmarried people, generally college students, and it gives us some clues as to why these events are so subjectively painful. But studies using functional magnetic re uh, resonance imaging, uh, which is called TMRI uh, brain scans, show activity in several specific areas where rejected individuals actually see pictures of the ex-partners. and in that cognitive way that they they basically once they see that partner it elicits different feelings and our brains appear to process relationship breakups in the same region as physical pain and so this doesn't doesn't however mean that romantic rejection causes actual physical pain rather your brain is signaling that both are important events to pay attention to and there may be an evolutionary reason for it the function of pain is to alert the person to physical danger or harm so they can take protective action. And in the animal kingdoms, one's chance of avoiding predators are much higher as a part of a group than alone. So we have to understand that the sense of belonging is also lost. Also, rumination is a big factor when people break up. And people who have recently rejected their partners often develop obsessive thinking. They may ruminate persistently about the ex-partner and how they're feeling and whether they're, they're missing the relationship and so on. And these thoughts and feelings of loss may be triggered by places used to go together. You know, people they used to hang out with, the holidays, everyday rituals that were shared. In that sense, processing a breakup is a bit like dealing with trauma because you're surrounded by it. You're surrounded by the memories, and the person cycles through these periods of avoiding emotional pain and being able to distract themselves, and periods of being flooded by intense feelings, obsessive thoughts. These seem to be uh, uh, something that we all have to understand, that our health during this pocket of time is at risk, our mental and 
physical. There's also seems to be a gender difference from the research that's been out there. Uh, in a man, they're more likely to distract and avoid feelings. Women more likely to obsess and ruminate. This may be because women have been socialized to take more responsibility for relationships, leading to more time spent thinking about what went wrong and what could have been done differently. And so we really have to understand that hope and resilience is a very important part of this. And one issue with the studies from the, I'm sorry, it was an fMRI, not a tMRI, uh, is that they tend to use a small number of people who respond to advertisements for people who've gotten over their ex-partners. We don't know if, 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 uh, 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 if these people are represented of the average person who goes through a breakup, whether they answer the ads because they're especially distressed or what, but we tend to identify with different music, different advertising, different movies, different uh, uh, TV shows that elicit our feelings about the breakup. We tend to migrate toward that. And that helps us become more resilient. It helps us find our way back home to ourselves. And that's a healthy thing to do. You know, we we really have to understand that, you know, addiction and pain may give people a framework for understanding the intensity of their feelings and can be a basis for developing self-compassion and realistic expectations. And so we really have to understand that we have to get back out there after a breakup. We have to be the best of friends for people who have experienced a breakup and be there for them. Be there for them. Just be with them. Spend time with them. I know it can be miserable, but it's an important part of friendship. And if you have that in your life and then you're there, you know, we choose who we suffer for. And it's important to understand that if someone is suffering, we need to be there for them too. We remember that. That is an act of love. And it's an important act of love. You know, there's no sugarcoating the fact that breakups can be incredibly tough to deal with. When a relationship ends, it can have a devastating effect on all parts of your mental well-being. And so we have to understand that that we have to uh, uh, get a grip come back to ourselves, remind ourselves that we've been single before, reach out to our uh, people in our life who care about us and let them fill in the gaps for a bit. You know, when we reflect on the time of relationship, it often teaches us to question what we did to cause the rejection. And it's all too easy to assume the reason our partner left us is due to fault of our personality or our physical appearance. It seems that rejection leads us to question or change the view we have of ourselves and how we perceive our personality as toxic and negative, which leads us to feel inadequate. But the pessimistic connection between a relationship ending and self-worth can lead to becoming more guarded with new partners. And that's the other problem. When we enter into the next dating process, we actually are less trusting, more hurt, and more defensive. It takes the joy from our life. And so we have to understand that we've got to get back to ourselves. Look to your future, shape your future, think about what your future is going to look like, what you want to happen in your life, and then go there. Picture it in your mind so that you have a place to go to. Don't just sit in limbo and wallow in your misery. You also, you know, it, 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 it's 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 a difficult aspect of breakups is the notion of being broken up with someone by someone and imagining that the person initializing the breakup is living their best life now and you're out of the picture 
The reason why we find it so much more emotionally taxing to be broken up with than break up with someone ourselves is that while the breakup feels sudden to the person being rejected, their partner has likely not been emotionally invested. And so in the relationship, especially for a long period of time, if you really think about it after the fact, you could probably see it coming. You could probably see it coming and, and, you know, but sometimes you can't, sometimes you don't know that they're living a double life and they're having affairs, or maybe they're, they've got other things going on out there. Maybe they got addictions or something that they're falling into. But the fact is, is the signals usually are there for people if they really want to lead them or, or, or look at them, you know, and not all breakups have a negative impact on us psychologically. And there are ways to have a healthier outlook on a relationship ending. For those with a lesser connection between being rejected and how they see themselves, the emotional impact of a breakup will be much less. These people often see a breakup just as a fact of life, an experience that's sometimes necessary. But others may choose to see it as evidence that they were not well suited for the other person, rather than it being their fault that the match wasn't successful. And there's a lot of studies, a lot of studies that show that the brains of these types of rejected partners show activity in prefrontal in the prefrontal cortex, which is your executive functioning. And so uh, this regulates your emotions and your impulsive reactions. And what that suggests is that some people are simply wired to cope better with recovery and decision-making, as well as cravings and obsessive behaviors in others. And to minimize the psychological impact of a breakup, regardless of how your brain reacts, there are ways you can help yourself move through it more easily. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come right back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Dr. Connie Mariano is a groundbreaker. She was the White House physician to three presidents, toured the world on Air Force One, and has had countless amazing experiences. The one thing that life didn't prepare her for was becoming a widow. After losing her beloved husband, John, in a tragic accident, Dr. Connie joined the one million women who were widowed in the United States each year. While her journey as a widow has been one of intense grief and sorrow, it has also been one of extraordinary growth and rebirth. Now, Dr. Connie is sharing what she's learned, joined by her knowledgeable guests to help anyone struggling with this deeply personal and often lonely journey of their own. Tune into The Widow's Walk, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, 
please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. You know, we're talking about after the breakup. You know, and now we're going to get kind of into the psychology of it. Because it's a question that often plagues people after a painful breakup. They want to ask themselves, what went wrong? And as, you know, to figure it out, and to figure out the answer, people typically create new relationship stories. And they also create a narrative analyzing the events leading up to the breakup and using them to build a cohesive narrative for down the road so they can explain it to themselves or anyone else that asks. In some cases, this type of storytelling can be positive, helping people to make sense of and come to terms with painful things that happen to them. Other times, though, the storytelling process can be a negative one, compounding pain rather than easing it. You know, what the real question is, can you create a testimony from this process to where you can actually help other people who are going through breakups in their life? You know, what did you take away from the rejection? For some people, their answers made it clear that rejection had come to define them. And they assumed that their former partners had discovered something truly undesirable about them. For example, one person believes that things were going well when all of a sudden they, they stopped talking to me. I have no idea why, but I think they they thought I was too clingy or, or that scared them away. And also, maybe I'm too sensitive and then I push people away and avoid them pushing me away first. And this characteristic is negative and makes people crazy and drives them away. So in those kind of stories, rejection uncovers a, a flaw, one that leads people to question or change their own views themselves. And many portray their personalities as toxic with negative qualities, like a contaminated other relationships. You know, uh, uh, some people learn that they have a part of their personality that sabotages happiness. You know, uh, some people feel hurt and rejected and try to tell themselves that, that it wasn't their fault and that it's the other person's loss. But I can't help but feel inadequate. You know, these are things that come through our heads. You know, why wasn't I good enough? Is there something wrong with me? When people see ex-partners in new relationship, they often ask themselves, what does they have? What do they have that I don't? You know, and after a breakup, it can be healthy for people to reflect on what they've learned from the past and what they want to improve. You know, a healthy behavior can become an unhealthy one. When people take too far, begin to question their own basic worth, that's not good. But the loss of a partner can make it easy to fall into a self-deprecation trap. You know, when people are in close relationships, their self becomes intertwined with their partner's self. In other words, we begin to think of a romantic partner as a part of ourselves, confusing our traits with their traits, our memories with their memories, our identity with their identity. Once again, this is the psychological aspect of what people often go through in a breakup. And to an extent, the overlap of two selves can be very positive part of a relationship. You know, people get to know 
a new romantic partner. They often go through a rapid period where they immerse themselves in the interests and identities of the partner, adopting new perspectives, expanding a new worldview. And one of the greatest pleasures of being in a relationship is it, is, it can have a broken person's sense of self by exposing them to things outside of their usual routines. And that's healthy. And that's what you need to think about. That re- relating to another healthy person in your life can actually be a wonderful change of of scenery. And this also means that when a relationship ends, the loss of a romantic partner can, to some extent, cause a loss of the self. You know, and, and there's some studies out there that show after reflecting on a breakup, people used fewer unique words to describe themselves when writing uh, uh, some self-description of themselves. And the more people uh, felt themselves grow during a relationship, the more likely they were to experience a blow to their self-image after the breakup. So some people often will benefit from a relationship and others may not benefit. And that is the truth. And what's got to happen is there's got to be some sense of equifinality in the relationship, meaning there has to be some kind of balance. There has to be give and take. It can't be take, take, take and give, give, give. It's got to be both ways. And and sometimes people just don't match up like that. Some people are exhausting to live with because they're so needy. And that can be difficult on someone. You don't want to spend your whole life propping up your partner. That's a hard thing to do. And, you know, people also uh, report after the breakup of prolonged distress after a romantic rejection when it causes their self-image to change for the worse. So people who agreed that the rejection made them question who they really were also report more often that they were still upset when they thought about the person who had rejected them. Pain lingers from rejections, and rejection in itself is hard for people to understand. But here's a healthier way to think about it. Our life is filled with blessings and lessons. Blessings and lessons, not failure. Everything is either a blessing or a lesson, and a lesson can actually be a blessing if it becomes your testimony. If it show, if you're showing that you can walk away from a relationship and build yourself back up, you know, so separating rejection from the self tends to make breakups easier. So linking the two tends to make them more difficult. So if you're going to add rejection and the upset of the partner betraying you or abandoning you, you are just adding negative, negative, negative emotions to you. And that creates a longer process. And if you add on all the past rejections, you are going to find yourself falling into a deeper, deeper, deeper depression, especially if you love to catastrophize. I'll never have another relationship. That's not the case. Life is a process. It is not an outcome. You have to be resilient. That is the quality we all need after a breakup. Life goes on. You are not a reject. You are not a bad person. There is someone out there for you. There is many people out there for you. You just have to allow yourself to be out there and go do the things you love And hopefully somebody will see you in the best part of who you are and want to join you because you're enjoying your life. That's important. When you go on a date, plan the date so that it's something that you like to do and let's see if they match up with you. 
that at least you have the experience of doing something you'd like to do rather than have to be there with some boring person in some neutral territory. You know, me, many people come to therapy when their relationship is on, on the brink of a collapse and after the collapse, you know, uh, they have themselves, should I see it coming? Why do I always feel like I'm falling in love? Is it all my fault? Uh, uh, or failing at love, you know, is there any way I can stop this from sinking? What does this mean to my future? You know, there's a lot of self-deprecation and questions that we ask ourselves after a breakup, whether it's relatively new relationship or a long-term marriage, breaking up is hard. And after a relationship goes south, it is very important to take stock of what went wrong. And so, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, and we have to orient ourselves to the common things that lead to breakups. So here's some of the things that lead to breakups. Growing apart, arguments, unfaithfulness, a lack of respect, which means you're not a good listener, different different interests, mood, money problems, not sharing home, you know, housework, difficulties with sex, domestic violence, not having children, drinking, drugs, and gambling. These are common reasons why people break up. So now we have to understand how do we cope with this stuff? How do we get through this stuff? You know, while grief and depression can feel similar, their underlying processes are very different. Indeed, grief is a reactive response to an external event. And depression, while it is difficult to define, is a constant feeling of negativity and anxiety that may result from a chemical imbalance in the brain that is caused potentially by a breakup and depression occurs more often in those rejected rather than those ending the relationship and can lead to a slower emotional recovery and a higher incidence of anxiety emotional upset and irritability and so as we have gone through the five stages of grieving we need to understand that counseling is not a bad idea it's in because that process can come at you very quickly. You could feel denial, anger, uh, bargaining, depression, awe and acceptance all within a minute, less than a minute. And it could come at you like a tornado. It could come at you like a tidal wave. So here's the deal. When you're dealing with depression, you have to understand our emotions last no longer than three minutes. Unless unless you decide to ask yourself, why do I feel this way? And if you need to have reasons why you feel this way, your brain will conclude a whole bunch of different reasons why you feel this way. Well, I broke up. Well, it was his fault or it was her fault. Or it was this. If this didn't happen, then this would have happened. Da, 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 da. And we go on and go on and go on. And the more we ruminate, the greater the emotions come at us. So three minutes turns into, it's like a wave. The first wave comes in. And now we have to analyze the wave, all right? Every time you analyze the wave, it comes in stronger, 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 stronger. And then wham, tidal wave hits. And that's how the grieving process gets built up. If you learn how to go, I don't need to analyze my feelings. I know why I'm feeling this way. It will go away. Three minutes. Don't add logic to emotions. Emotions are not logical. They don't have any logic. They're meant to be felt. They're meant to emote, which means they move through you. They don't stay with you. That is the essence of moving through grieving. Don't analyze it. Just feel it. Let it go. Warn everybody around you that this may happen. And that's what happens. 
You know, the, the other thing is talk about the loss of your relationship. Talk about the loss of your love. Talk about the loss of your partner and be free to share your feelings of anger, sadness, regret, aloneness. Fear requires a strong alliance built upon trust and lack of judgment. And sometimes that's best to do in the therapy process. And we also have to become more aware and accepting of how they feel, recognizing that this is a time of vulnerability, but also opportunity. And we want to draw on strengths and perhaps uh, revisit successful examples of resilience in our lives before having met your partner and understand that you actually functioned before you met this partner. You did fine before you met this partner. You know, and, and there's coping strategies that can take many, many forms. And it's vital to work with people to grab onto these. First of all, don't fight the feelings. Just feel. Just feel. Emotional upset, difficult feel feelings may be unwelcome and even uncomfortable, but should not be ignored or suppressed. Also, the, you know, talk about the feelings. Talk about through feelings with supportive friends, family, a therapist. That can bring new understandings and additional insights by helping you come to terms with the broken relationship and readying yourself for the future. That's an important aspect. Uh, you know, initially, if, if it's uncomfortable sharing your thoughts verbally, it could be helpful to begin writing them down in a journal or a notebook if you're that kind of person. Introverts have a hard time communicating with other people because they don't trust people and it takes a lot of energy. However, you need to hear what your brain is processing emotionally. That's important for you to understand that you are moving through the process. You also don't want to personalize loss. You know, inevitably, when things go wrong, you, you, you want to blame somebody. You, you want to blame yourself or other people. You know, you want to, you want to think and help see that self-blame can last a long time and is ultimately not helpful. Instead, recognize that the relationship was not working and the most likely each person's needs were not being met. That's the bottom line. And that's what you have to go to. And it may be that the other person felt that way and you didn't. That's also possible. It's a relationship. There's two people involved in it. You know, returning to a routine is also a way to cope with a breakup. Life can initially seem chaotic following the breakup, but you need to put some order in your life. Plan a wake up, plan to work, look for your children. If you have children, you need to cook, you need to eat, you need to clean, you need to create routines that bring some peace back to your life. Very important, you know. While you initially may not be ready to hear words of advice from someone, they may think back when you share the follow-ups. You know, sometimes you don't want to hear advice once you're in, in that breakup mode. You just want somebody to comfort your feelings. And that's important. And you have every right to just want your feelings to be heard. You know, you also need to practice self-care. Recognize that for a time, at least, the focus has to be on personal needs function. If there's children, focus on your kids. Rather than being selfish, it's necessary to ensure personal well-being and provide the time and space for yourself to heal. And change can be an opportunity to reevaluate your life. Identify what has been missing, what is toxic, what is not, what's important. Create a more value-driven, meaningful life. 
That is what the opportunity of a breakup gives you. You can resort the deck in your life and start rebuilding your character, your person, who you want to be. Improve upon yourself. Sometimes in a relationship, it's possible to lose sight of what makes a person happy. So revisit activities that used to bring joy and other positive emotions such as awe, curiosity, spiritual awakening, curiosity. Yes, you can do it during a breakup. Spiritual awakening. Yes, you can do it during a breakup. Yes, because you're going to build new relationships and relationships are what spirituality is all about. The more relationships we have, the more spiritual we become. You also have to let people support you. It's time to let those who can be trusted remain close to you. Allow them to provide support, help regain your self-love to increase your own personal confidence. That's horribly important. And don't forget, you know, you may have the time and need to understand that you need to get some help so you can get your life back on track. That's important. So what we're going through here is just learning to cope with these feelings. They are feelings. And you have to remember that. They're not logic. It's not a narrative about you. It's just feelings. When someone breaks up, that is something that they feel they need to do for themselves. And we cannot control other people. And I've always told people, you know, it, if you're going to sit around and worry if your partner is going to have an affair the biggest thing that you can do is figure out what you would do if that would happen. If we're going to live in our fears, resolve the fear by understanding what we have to do as a person. That's the important part of it. And, and we need to understand that that is what is needed to heal. To heal is to understand what we want to be once we have resolved this grieving process. And grieving is catastrophic and it's difficult but we all do it in this life, and we can sure help each other out if we've been through the process. All right, we're going to take another break. We're going to talk about coping again. So come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Stuck in a state of being that holds us back from creating the life we truly desire. Regardless of your own blocks or limitations, imagine an easier way to get unstuck and move forward with your life. On this show, Jason Hopkins shares his practical next right step approach that will move you toward the life you really want. You too can be steps from getting the abundance, love, support, and fulfillment your heart desires. Get unstuck. Move forward with your life with Jason Hopkins. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. 
If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about after the breakup. And, you know, uh, it's enormously important to understand how to do self-care. And after a breakup, it is actually not a bad idea to do things that also help you learn how to be mindful. Prayer is a good thing. Um, being mindful, doing mindfulness exercises is a good thing. Learning how to live without a past or a future, just be in the moment. And that's all you have to be. You don't have to be any more than that. And understanding that, you know, grief has to, is an exercise. It has to happen. And sometimes we grieve about decisions we've made in our life. We regret decisions we make in our life. That also brings on, uh, uh, you know, the sense of going through grieving. And once again, the stages of grieving is denial, uh, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. That's an important thing to understand, that you need to expect yourself to fall into these various categories of grieving at any moment, during any time, especially after the acute, during the acute phase of the first three months. It's a process, and it allows you to open up to your emotional world so that you can actually exercise it and learn more about your emotional context, your emotional climate within your brain. You can learn a lot about yourself, and you can become objective, and you can possibly see why this breakup had to take place, what led to the breakup, the clarity that comes through after your emotional IQ Uh, builds up, you are able to get a little bit more perspective on the whole situation and understand that this is a chance for you to restart. And that's a healthy thing. You know, you also want to encourage yourself to understand that this is a deeper awareness of life and a deeper understanding of your emotions, of your thinking, of your behavior. During this process after a breakup, we become very mindful of who we are, what we are, and what we need. And also, there's things that we have to understand that we have to do. We need to regain faith in people and relationships. After a relationship is broken down, it would be easy to judge others, especially of the same sex and looking similar to an ex-partner. Yes, you're going to project on people your anger because they remind you of something in the past. As having the same faults or being untrustworthy, we will project on people. That's the way it goes. Also, uh, we want to create a list of people who have treated you well in the past, particularly those who share similarities with their ex-partner, like age, sex, and interest. Encourage them to reconnect with some of these. You know, you want to encourage yourself, sorry, to reconnect with some of these contacts, not with the intention to form new romantic relationships, but out to recognize that there are people that can be trusted and relied on. And that is the lesson that you need to learn so that you can anchor yourself back into your life. You know, breakups involve a degree of loss. While sometimes this may be positive, there are probably some negative 
some negatives involved in it too. So think about the lessons they have learned from, you know, that you have learned from your mistakes and loss that you've experienced and how you could use this learning going forward. There, you know, there's also really good resources sometimes on uh, Google. If you will Google, let's say, uh, like uh, work sh- workbooks or worksheets that will help you move through your process, and they can really help you. Uh, there's some things on moving forward. There's things on met and unmet needs, understanding your fear, you know, what do you what to do next, uh, letting go, removing dependencies. These worksheets can help you process because they're geared towards a person having to go through the loss and the breakup of a loved one. You know, the ending of a relationship can be really tough, even if you realize that it's for the best. And as you navigate adjusting the breakup, there are things you can do to help yourself move on and be happy. You know, yeah, a breakup is a loss. And not only of the relationship, but the plans and the dreams and the hope you shared with your partner. And many people feel disappointed and grief and a sense of failure when a relationship ends. But breakups often mean a big change in your daily routine. And this abrupt change can feel overwhelming. In addition to your routine, you spend time with many, with which may change as well. You, you lose other relationships associated with your ex-partner. That's going to happen. It's just part of the process. And, and if you do maintain relationships associated with your ex-partner, these relationships may change in some way. And also, you have to understand that you want to get back to your self, sense of self. That is what we lose in a breakup oftentimes. Who am I? What am I about? What's going on with me? What is my life about? What is my passion? What is my purpose? What what is going on with who am I? Well, character is built on your ability to make decisions. That's how you teach people how to love you, is the decisions that you make. And you can always change your mind. But the good news is, is when you make decisions about yourself, you're building character and people will relate to you through your decisions. And that's how we build new relationships. We make more decisions and do more good things in our life. But don't make reactive decisions. Make responsive decisions. That means you make logical decisions. Don't make big choices while you're emotional. That is the biggest problem with people going through a breakup is they make emotional decisions and suddenly their life becomes very emotional and very unsteady. And I, you know, I know that's hard. I know it's hard because you're hurting. But the bottom line is don't make big choices during that pocket if you can help it. You know, and if you'll likely uh, experience many conflicting emotions and you need to expect that, ignoring or suppressing them will only make grieving harder and longer. So you have to allow yourself to experience your feelings knowing that they're temporary. So first of all, reach out to friends and family who are supportive, connect with others, who make you uh, feel less alone, reach out to a blog or reach out to a group online. Go, go to meetup.com and see if there's grieving groups or breakup groups. You know, that's also a good way to process with other people that are going through the process and try to find a balance between talking about the breakup and engaging in other topics and activities. If you only talk about the breakup, you're going to find that you don't have a shift to a different topic. And if you just sit on that same topic, it can be toxic because you're not moving on from the topic. 
you know, and you also want to prioritize times with people who support you and value and energize you and minimize time with those who don't seem to understand and don't support you. And if you lost a lot of friends when the relationship ended, work on meeting new people with whom you can develop new friendships. How do you do that? Well, you go places that you like to go. Go where you like to go so that you can meet people who have similar interests to you. And also, you want to pay attention about how you're doing. You know, the reaction to the breakup is causing so much difficulty for you that it's too hard to manage things like like uh, your job or school or whatever that's important to your children, whatever's important in your life. You don't want that to get in the way. You need to be able to understand that you have to have a place to process. And then there's other places where we have to still be productive. And there are many opportunities that will come your way in your life without that partner. They will. You just have to nurture yourself and take care of yourself. Do something calming and soothing every day. Some things to try is meditation, like I talked about earlier, yoga, journaling, prayer, music, you know, progressive muscle relaxation. Take a walk. Anything else that you can find soothing, you want to do that for yourself. That is an important part of this whole process. You also want to listen to what you need. You know, say no when you really don't want to do something and know that what you need will change day to day, even moment to moment. But you know what? If you're going to go, I don't feel like exercising. I don't feel like taking care of myself. Go exercise. Go take care of yourself and then check in with how you feel. That's how we walk away from depression. Go do what's right and then check in with how you feel after. That's how we take care of ourselves during a breakup. You have to understand that your emotions are going to fluctuate and healing from a breakup is not smooth. It's not easy and it may happen in front of people and don't be humiliated by that. Don't worry about it. You need to process your feelings. That's important. All of us understand that. All of us come to grips with that. This is a human life. We are not robots. And so, yes, we are going to feel and we can feel for you, too. And we can worry about you and we can comfort you and we can give you a sense of calmness if you connect with us, because we all know in this life what it is like to grieve. It's important to lean on people during this time. And it's also uh, comforting to have structure in your life and to follow a structure, even if you don't feel like it. You know, and you don't want to make big decisions once again while you're emotional. So don't do that. You also want to avoid using alcohol or drugs or food to cope with your emotions. Choose healthier ways to cope with your distress. Focus on the basics, getting enough sleep, eating right, exercising. And also, you know, maybe it's time to go out there and get some new interests, new hobbies. Maybe you haven't played golf in 20 years. Go play golf. You know, go do something you haven't done in a long time. Try to get some new activities in your life. Try to give yourself some new experiences. That is the way to go. It is the best way to go. And it's important for you uh, to, to invest in your life continuously. Also, a breakup is an opportunity to reevaluate your life and learn about yourself and your relationships. You know, do you notice a pattern in the types of people you seek out? to have relationships with you know if you're the smartest person in a room go to a room where people are smarter than you if you're the most emotionally stable person in the room 
Go to a room where people are more stable than you are. These are important parts of our life. These are important aspects of how we live. We want to relate to people who can teach us skills to improve our life. That is an important part of friendship is gaining people in our life that add something to our life, not people who take away. Unfortunately, many people want to fix their partner. They pick partners that are toxic. They pick partners that have problems, have deep emotional uh, needs, and they want to fix them. And that, my friends, is called avoidance. That means you're picking somebody that's more toxic than you are so you can avoid yourself. And that in itself creates an enormously toxic relationship. You know, we are not going to save other people. We have to work on ourselves. We have to take accountability for ourselves in this life. We are in charge of how we feel. We are in charge how we choose to feel. No one is in charge of how you feel. Only you. And so we have to take responsibility for that aspect of our life. You know, and how do you react to stress and conflict? That's another thing to evaluate. Are there some different ways that you could react that might improve your relationship with other people? Yeah, maybe you got to cool it. Maybe you got to calm down. Maybe you need to be less obsessive. You know, and how open are you to accepting others for how they really are instead of pushing them to be something that you think they should be? You know, if you're a control freak, you want to change everybody. You want the world to be what you want it to be. But we can't impose our will on other people. You know, do you feel control of your feelings or do they seem like they control you? Are you able to clearly communicate your needs and desires to others? You know, looking back, what what were some things that you might have done to contribute to the problems in the relationship? That self-evaluation is huge. It's very important. But you have to be accountable. You can't be a victim. You need to be accountable for what I did. What I did in the relationship, that is all you can control. And that's a very important part of taking accountability in your life. Even if it's emotions, you have to take accountability for your feelings and how you use your feelings. You know, when thinking about these these things, be honest with yourself and don't beat yourself up over past behavior. You know, it's, it's just not helpful. Instead, Keep the focus on what you can do to help yourself make better choices in the future. All right, that's our show. I want to thank everybody for listening. I love hearing from you. And you can do that at voiceamerica.com, the Empowerment Channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now, remember, if you're happy and you know it, thank your ex. (laughs) Also, you know you're over it when the only time you think about your ex is when you take out the garbage. Also, if you love someone, set them free. If they come back, set them on fire. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you.